It's the RU Review at moresportsnow.com, brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchener in our Westfield studio. I'm joined by our own John McAlevey. And on the line from NJ Advanced Media, Steve Politti. Steve, thanks for taking some time with us. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. And thank you for your article on Rutgers joining the Big Ten. I mean, despite all the struggles, Steve, it was absolutely not only the right move, but the only move. Of course, yeah. I'm just amazed. And I and people are like, why, why do you feel like you have to write that? Because it's, I, I mean, it literally is after every game. It's, it's four or five emails from people who are convinced right. that this was a bad decision, that they should still be playing Weehigh and Colgate or whoever they were playing back in the dark ages, uh, and that they're never going to win. And my point is that on every level, this was, a, this was a benefit for the university, a benefit for the athletic department, just get better. Yeah, <laughs> really, listen, it's, it, it doesn't have to be. There was a time when they, mm-hmm. I mean, they beat Michigan their first year. They almost beat Penn State. I get that those two programs have gone in the opposite direction, but it's not impossible. Just get better. And it's not just athletics. It's academics. Yeah. I mean, it's a research university with a medical school. I mean, it checks all the boxes for Big Ten membership. Of course. And people don't, I mean, right now it's still, culturally, it's still a foreign thing, even even after you know, five years, it's still OGs. But it, in 20 years, it's, I mean, big kids are going to grow up. Rutgers is just in the Big yeah. Ten. Look to the future. <laughs> There's not going to be any discussion mm-hmm. about it. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I just at that level of second guessing about it, especially given that, you know, they'd be UConn now and they'd be mm-hmm. associated with, USF and UCF right. and all of the gobbledygook of, you know, initial schools in Florida. And instead you're with Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois. I mean, embrace it. Absolutely. It was like finding the uh, the golden ticket for the Wonka factory to be, <laughs> to be invited exactly what it was. to the Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, let's sort of pull the curtain away. Now, does the Big Ten come after Rutgers because of their their athletic programs, their football program and basketball, or are they really, is the ulterior motive to get into that New York City television market for the Big Ten Network? I think it's naive to think anything less. And right. it's been, I mean, that it definitely was for the market, and uh, it, it worked. I mean, they've got the footprint now uh, on the East Coast. The, the Big Ten Network did, uh, you know, has done fantastic uh, things. There are $50 million in revenue for uh, the full-time members right now. You just can't argue that that was anything but a brilliant move by Jim Delaney. And what, what always what makes me scratch my head is that when, when people criticize it and say, mm-hmm. it, like, Rutgers is bringing down the Big Ten, I don't, like, how is that, how is that, show me a practical area where other than the occasional, and by occasional I mean weekly, embarrassing <laughs> score, I mean, what, you know, what, what's, what's the issue? I don't get it. You yeah. know, it's like, what, what's the problem with having them in the league? So, I don't know. I think that that, that that argument's a little overrated, too. Yes. Hey, could there have been a better time to join, perhaps? I mean, Rutgers was in a bit of turmoil with all the athletic director problems and all the things that were going on. But again, at the end of the day, and it's also difficult to join a big uh, the Big Ten without any money, right? I mean, you, you're not getting a full share. Yeah, That's not yeah. coming for a few years. All that has to be a factor when they when when this is discussed, and you know, it's it, it's obviously a no brainer. I mean, let's turn to Rutgers football now. And look, the train is. The train has gone off the rails. It's it's fallen off the bridge. It's 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 in the valley below. I it's mean, wrecked. Uh, you know, uh, look, uh, you were excited. Your colleagues at NJ.com were excited about RU's potential this year. I, me, dumb alum, was excited as well. I mean, come on, guilty as charged. I mean, I, I had him winning six games and going to a bowl. So let me just, I'll just throw you a big question here, Steve. I mean, it, 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 this is an obvious regression. What did we yeah. all miss? 
Yeah, you know, I th- this is what I thought. I thought that they would be, they might be better, but the record wouldn't show it. Right, mm-hmm. they could go four and eight again, uh, but maybe the, this year, you know, there are a couple of close games against those those better Big Ten powers that they'd have a they'd have a better off a functional offense. Finally, they'd have a quarterback that you could you could see they're building on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what we missed is that they're just they a they don't have any playmakers in the entire program, mm-hmm. and b they don't have any depth in the entire program, and c they're not good at, on either line. So that's just the formula for a bad football team. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that even when Hartzkowski has a time to throw, there's no one open, and he doesn't have time to throw most of the time. And he's a freshman, so he tries to force it in, and that's how you get, you know, that's how you get down 55 to whatever against Kansas. It's just mm-hmm. it's a bad combination of things. And, uh, you know, you just can't overestimate just what that line play and lack of playmakers has done. You know, it's funny. Um, I don't know kind of what everybody was expecting. Two weeks ago, they go to Kansas, and they have to take on Bill Self at Fog Allen. We knew they'd get beat. Then they come home this past Saturday, and Buffalo won 27 games and beat Arizona in the NCAA tournament. And this week, they get Archie Miller and the Hoosiers. Wait, we're talking. I thought we were talking basketball. This is football? I mean, that was a gauntlet of really good basketball schools that you could you yeah. could see them getting whacked by. But, you know, on the football field, they should be able to handle teams like this, especially at home, or at least play with them. I mean, they were these were yeah. no-brainers from the end of the first half. It was, was so jarring to me was that both of those teams had better athletes. And Buffalo especially. Buffalo had a 6'7 quarterback who, yeah. I mean, I don't think you guys saw the game, but he threw a pass on the run that was 50 yards in the yeah. air to... And NFL, Anthony Johnson's going to be a first-round draft pick yeah. through this pass. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that yeah. might be one of the best passes I've ever seen live at a college mm-hmm. game. And yeah. Buffalo yeah. just did it. Uh, so they're good, but still, you make a great point. Why are they not? I mean, where, where, where are the players that Rutgers should have better athletes than Buffalo? What happened in recruiting over the years? Well, that's, then, you're, yeah, you're comparing, yeah. like, a, a class that's in the 50s to a class that's 118th in Buffalo's yeah. case. So, I mean, you know, when you talk about the players, you, talks about, you talk about the X and O's and the Jims and Joes. Well, which one is it? You know, I mean, we, we're trying to figure right. that out here in terms of uh, uh, the, the coaching situation. I mean, let's talk about John McNulty. Uh, you know, we were excited about his return. I mean, I was. He had success here. I mean, albeit with Mike Teal and Kenny Britt and the likes of that. But, right, right. you know, in retrospect, did it make sense to return to a pro-style offense with this group of players? I mean, now we're second-guessing now, but what else do we have? Yeah, no, I mean, that is a really great question. And uh, I, I, I thought the moving to the, the spread offense was a good idea for the at first. It didn't work because they didn't have any personnel for it. It was a disaster. And I think what happened that first year was then Chris Ash thought, well, you're trying to move, play this fast offense where, you know, you keep constantly trying to get, get on the field. And when you're going, you're going three and out at 11 seconds and giving the ball back to M- Michigan, this is how you lose 78 nothing. So he wanted to cut that out. Uh, I, I think they wanted that they thought the pro style offense would be better suited for Sikowski, the quarterback coming in. They liked the kid. Uh, it, it has worked here in the past. I don't second guess that yet. And I also mm-hmm. think that, you know, I mean, I've seen, I've, I know that John McNulty is a good football coach. He just, he, he's a better football coach, with, as you mentioned, with, with Mike Teal and with, mm-hmm. you know, Kenny Britt. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how this program that one, at one time, every year they had a, they had a guy like Muhammad Sanu and yeah. even Coleman and Harrison. There's like a long line of these six, four big receivers. Leonte Carew, all these kids they had in here that, mm-hmm. you know, were pro prospect receivers. I mean, I don't know if they have a single decent pass catcher in the program at this point. I know the receivers are young and they might develop, but 
you know, it's hard to run any offense when you don't have guys getting open down the field and you don't have time to throw the football. So yes. That's, well, a, that's a bad, you could be, I mean, Bill Walsh could be running this offense. And I don't know. Yeah. Be, well, it's the old saying, you can't make chicken salad out of you know what. Um, but right, you mentioned right. Art Sidkowski. Now, you're talking highs and lows here. Over the summer when he committed and, you know, a big, strong-arm New Jersey quarterback coming home to help out uh, the old U in in Jersey. And there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of people that were psyched for this, uh, us right there with them. Um, and they gave him the keys to the car out of uh, out of training camp, which was a good thing. I think a lot of people were on that line, and it just hasn't worked right now for whatever reason. Uh, I know you had written a column this week. It's time to go back to old reliable Gio Rochino and, and sort of let him ride the wave now. But what do you see, first of all, uh, for this season and then for next season going forward with Art Zikowski? Yeah, I mean, I wrote that about you because I, I feel like the, the program really is in a crisis point, and you're losing. Mm. I mean, it, you know, when a one eleven's on the table, when you're in danger of getting blown out week after week, it could do serious damage long term to the fan base, to recruiting, to everything. And at least Gio, he's a he's a senior. He doesn't he, he doesn't turn over the much. He can he can kind of make things happen. The team, and he's also captain. The team believes in him. Right. They've won Big Ten games with him. You know, I get it that they won Big Ten games last year because the defense was better, but you know, it just seems like having a stable hand makes sense. Uh, that said, uh, there's the, the, the Chris Ash. Chris Ash will live or die now with Artikowski. He is he's the quarterback that they've invested in. You know, he's the guy they want to develop. I think it's too far too early to give up on him. Yeah, he doesn't have all the physical skills. I mean, the problem is he is doing what young quarterbacks do. He drops back. He locks in on a receiver. He mm. takes too long to get rid of the ball. You know, there's, there's things that he has to learn, uh, and he's, he's just not there yet. It's going to take time. But, you know, I think as long as he stays in the program, he's going to be the guy going forward. Well, you're listening to the RU Review brought to you by Zebra Pen. We have Steve Politi on the line. Steve, we talked a lot about the offense. Let's talk about this defense because – yeah. It looks sluggish. It looks slow. They're not stopping anybody. I mean, it's a big concern. Now, granted, when you're turning the ball over against Kansas, whatever, you know, six times, you, you know, you can't get off the field. That was a problem that we saw in the past. But, I don't, you know, explain Buffalo to me. I mean, it, it, they couldn't I, – now, granted, they that was a very good quarterback and, and a very good receiver, and we saw a lot, of, a lot of pass and catch there. And, by the way, why isn't that kid – he's a Michigan product. Why isn't he in Ann Arbor? I'm, I'm wondering about yeah. that. How do you miss that? Yeah. How do you miss a six seven kid with a cannon? I don't know, but you know, look, and, and was wasn't it a perfect storm? Here you got Buffalo. You put them on your schedule, thinking, okay, here's a MAC team that we can, you know, uh, a, a soft MAC team, and they're not soft, and that, that they had skilled yeah. players, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think the jarring stat that I saw is something like Rutgers has given up 30, 15, 30 yeah. yard plays right. and hasn't gained one yet. <laughs> I mean, oh, if that doesn't say everything about where they're, where they're at, it's, it's hard to. But yeah, it's just guys running free in the secondary. It's just one missed tackle, and before you know it, you've got a you've got a fifty yard run. It's just a lot of examples of just defensive breakdowns, uh, and that you know I think you put a lot of that on coaching too. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I get it that it's a personnel thing, and, and they need better players. But you know, this has just not been a disciplined uh, defense, a smart defense. Uh, you know, a fundamentally sound defense. There's a lot of things going on every week that are big concerns. I think. 
you know, you mentioned discipline and coaching and a couple of things that stand out in that respect. You know, athletes, uh, we, we talked about if you have better athletes, you'll have better results. But coaches can handle players and get them on the uh, on the same page. Case in point was Saturday after the, the blowout at Kansas. They come out, they kick the ball off, they get a three and out, a real quick one. They take the ball and they drive down to about the four or five yard line. And it's fourth and short and they're going to go for it. And we're really going to make a statement and take control yeah. of this game. And their offensive tackle jumps off sides. I mean, that's inexcusable right. at that point. And that's one one uh, example. But they've had many you know penalties on third down where they don't get off the field that result in other points. And it's just things like that that show you that this yeah. is you know from the top down yeah and, and i will say this that's sort of been the the rallying cry from chris ash he, he pointed that exact play it's like look we're we're close these are these little things that are stopping us or killing ourselves uh i would argue though that that, that those plays aside they happen in football games that you know they're not close <laughs> right. so, yeah. you know the counterpoint is that all right so yeah you didn't get that. You had to kick a field goal there, but you know the, the game is 60 minutes long, and you didn't threaten the. You really didn't threaten the score again. I mean, what, there's so many other things that that happen in the course of the game that you know that remind you that yeah mistakes too on top of everything else but those mistakes are overcomable if you're just a better football team yeah and it's just concentration i mean good winning teams make that play fourth and short you know we just got killed let's stick this right in the end zone and really get this game going take control instead you kick a field goal oh yeah great that's nice and all but it's come on let's get this thing going yep yeah. and, I've, and i've given i've criticized ash because he has been like i, I just hate the I hate the punts in positive territory. Like when you're in your, yeah. when you're on the opponent's mm. 38 yard line and it's fourth and whatever, and mm. you're punting. It just even if the ball's down at the five, mm. what are you doing? You know, it's just they're they're one play away from getting that yardage back. So uh, to me, I liked I liked it when they lined up. They lined up in a formation I hadn't seen. A wildcat. You know, they, I, mean, I don't know what they were going to do there. I would have loved to have seen the ball snap. So and I we'll never get, know, you know, unfortunately. We'll never know exactly. We'll never oh, know. Boy. So. And here's a sobering point. I mean, Buffalo was actually a, a good team, a very good MAC team. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the MAC. Uh, Kansas, by the way, went to Baylor, scored one touchdown, lost 26-7 to to Baylor. So just so you know, it's like we were thinking, hey, maybe Kansas is going to be a, a, a real team here. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's not the case. Which is, I think there were which, Rutgers officials who were, who were thinking, well, maybe Kansas yeah. is the prize team of the nation. No, they're they're going to go 3-9-2 and, and yeah. nine two or 4-8. and eight. They were yeah. hoping, <laughs> Steve. They were yeah. hoping upon yeah. hope. And, uh, yeah. and I, I will say this before we move on to Indiana with the Buffalo game, that the, 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 the officiating was garbage. I mean, there's a lot of lousy calls on the field, and I'm not saying it necessarily would have changed anything, but there's, I mean, the officiating yeah. is wow, right, Steve? Yeah, you... it, it seems like it's a weekly thing, though. I don't know. Do you see Kyle's officiating is so hit or miss? I, my, I see what you're saying, absolutely, but uh, it can't. That can't be an excuse for no, me. no, oh no, 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 no. Not so, at all. speaking of Indiana. Uh, three and one, you know they beat Virginia, but really nothing spectacular here. Pretty good quarterback, uh, experienced quarterback in Peyton Ramsey. You know, good running back Stevie Scott. Um, you know they're they're coming off a loss to Michigan State. Um, you know, pretty good defense, but it's not the steel curtain. Um, no. Steve, do you see Rutgers figuring out a way to make this game competitive? 
Uh, I mean, define competitive. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, to keep it, I, I keep it within first downs. How about keep it that? Inso- how about keeping it inside uh, the, the spread, which is it opened at fourteen. I don't know what it is now. Oh, wow. I think it's up to seventy and a half. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, I think that's po- I think that's possible if the defense plays much better than it has been. You're right that they're not an explosive team at all. My problem is I was there last year in Bloomington, and again, that's a better Kansas team. It was also a better Rutgers team, mm. and it was forty-one nothing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I have a hard time imagining that that Rutgers is going to you know close the gap to the point that they could win this game. And based on what I've seen the last two weeks, certainly, um, you know the bigger the bigger picture concern is that Indiana is the team that they have to beat every year for the foreseeable future right. to have any hope of having a successful season. I mean, right. if, if you don't beat Indiana, you're probably not going to beat Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. So you're looking at you know you're looking at another losing year, and the fact that the gap is as broad as it is was last year, and if they come here and win by you know by several a couple touchdowns again, that is a big long term question. Mm-hmm. Now Indiana uh, again we had they had a tough game last week. It might not be a vintage Michigan State team, but they did cut a twenty eight seven lead to to twenty eight twenty one with about three and a half minutes left. They just couldn't get that stop. Uh, to get the ball back to uh, to try and get that game tied. But this team, as you mentioned, they killed Rutgers last year. They're not a joke again this year. And they have a player that I'd like to highlight. Rutgers has run into a couple of uh, players with really cool names. They had Puka Williams a couple weeks ago in, in uh, <laughs> Kansas. And this week they're going to go up against a wide receiver, a freshman from Tampa, named Wap Fillior, which is a great name. And he got the nickname Wap because his father used to eat at Burger King. And as a young man, all he wanted to eat was a Whopper. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really you're teaching me something. I had no yeah, it's a great. really cool story. So he, instead of, you know, he'd always ask, uh, uh, order the Whopper, so they just shortened it. But he's a real, he's the smallest kid in his family. He's about 5'9", a real uh, across-the-middle kind of a guy. And if he catches it, he's gone. So we might be seeing Wop going up and down the sidelines this weekend. Right. Wop, and don't forget, last week, they played a Buffalo receiver named Rushing, which I thought was funny. Oh, yeah. Rushing with the reception. Oh, that's now, great. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's great. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, completely honest with you, I haven't done a lot of time. I spent a lot of time scouting Indiana just because, I mean, it, Rutgers is such a, you know, it's its own kind of chaotic, uh, yes. all-consuming thing. So no doubt. I, I just know that, you know, from an over, overwhelming talent standpoint, you think that these two teams should be even, but to, mm. quite to the contrary, last year proved that the gap is wider than it should be by far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Steve, are you aware of any high-level meeting with Pat Hobbs and the and the school brass to discuss what's going on? I mean, you know, forget about Barchi. We won't hear from him, but but where is Pat Hobbs? We haven't heard from him. Yeah, I mean, and this this was this was the problem because Pat, so Dennis Dodd from CBSSports.com did like a coaches on the hot seat thing in the off season and put Chris Ash on it. Obviously, anyone mm-hmm. who followed the program at that point knew that Chris Ashes has gotten a contract extension. He was not on the hot seat. And, and Pat took to Twitter to, you know, to make a, uh, to call that out. And the fan base was excited to see him stand up for the coach. The problem with that is now that he is actually embattled and the fans are off the reservation about the start, you know, you've sort of kind of set yourself up now to, okay, well, what's your statement now? Uh, you know, he, he declined comment, after, you know, during the Buffalo game. I kind of understand it. It's just situation for him to be in to kind of weigh in on it but i think if they lose again big this week he's gonna have to say something it's just gotta he's, he's, he's kind of i mean listen i talked to a lot talked to a lot of the fan base that are wondering uh-huh. where what why we haven't heard from him so uh yeah uh certainly if uh, now again when you alluded to it if the, if the blowouts continue to stack up 
Do you, do you see right. Ash surviving this? I mean, well, I mean, obviously he's got he signed the extension. Uh, Rutgers is in a tough spot here, but is there a point where there's no return? I think that that is the question. Is it reco- can he recover from it? Right. If it, if it's one eleven and if it's just ugly and if it just gets the, the recruits bail out, if, you know, if, if everything happens, then you have to start to wonder. That said, you know, this is Rutgers is not Auburn. You know, like, this is not a school that can write a $10 million check to make a coach go away. It's right, not. Right. Uh, this is a school that has to hire the right person, invest in that person, believe in that person, and get it right. And if they, even if they haven't gotten it right this time, you know, I, there, there's a certain – I think it's going to be – at this point at least, it's still a surprise if there's a change simply because, you know, it's just not – you know, it's just not within the model here for, mm-hmm. and maybe it shouldn't be, you know, but it's not within the model of what uh, Rutgers wants to be and can be at this point. And that said, will there be, would there be a number of men that would be banging on the door to come here and try and salvage yes. this? I mean, it's been Absolutely. so bad. That is the that is the bigger question. I'm gonna, I think I might write that next week. I yeah. Preview Who, of the column. It's not just, all right, so we got, if they found the bag of money, of $10 million in it, and mm-hmm. pay off Chris Ash, right. all right, well, then who are you going to get? Right, and people right. are like, well, Greg Schiano. Like, I'm not sure Greg Schiano wants to do that again. You know, he's mm-hmm. in right. his 50s now. He's, at high, he's, at a, he's got a great job at Ohio State. He's making $1.2 million to coach a defense full of NFL players. I think, you know, the thing that happened at Tennessee was certainly, you know, awful for him mm-hmm. and for his family, but you would think that he might he he'd even be he still have a better chance to get a better job someplace than mm-hmm. than Rutgers at this point. So, I mean, there's that that's just a great question. The co- the people who think Lane Kiffin is going to come here are yeah. crazy or less miles. Yeah. Right, guys don't want guys don't want this job. Sure. At this point, they need they almost need like a Bill Snyder in Manhattan, Kansas, or or a Jim Calhoun in Stores, Connecticut, places that were moribund programs, and somebody you know nobody ever thought that anybody could get it going. And look, Jim Calhoun's got they have four national championships yeah. there in Stores, and <laughs> Bill Bill uh, has done an amazing job, Snyder in Manhattan, and those are two pie in the sky things. But if there's a guy out there that can come in and do this, they just unfortunately haven't been able to put their finger on it. And him. Steve, you can tell. John John's a basketball guy. Yeah, Providence yes. Friar here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm ready to get Providence Steve. Another place to get, to get a guy, get a good coach. That That's right. Absolutely. We got the guy in place there now. Ed Cooley. We've been yeah. to five straight NCAA tournaments, mm-hmm. so you you can find somebody that can do it. It's just unfortunately they haven't been able to find that guy yet. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 tricky. I mean, they had they had him. Chiano left at the at just the, at, a, at a bad time in the calendar, and I think Kempernetti felt like he had to make a move right away, and he he hired he hired Kyle Flood. They they weren't going to pay a lot of money for a right. football yeah. coach at that point, and this and that's what happened. You know, a guy who wasn't ready for the job, who let a lot of things slip around the program, who wasn't recruiting at the same level, mm-hmm. and who had you know he had the best team. I think that's going to be the most good go, go down as the most talented team. Couldn't win, couldn't get to the DCS with that team, and here we are. We have not approached, you know, that level again. Right. Can it be a question of uh, Chris Ash just getting competitive, getting g- close games? I mean, if we can get into that spot? Because right now what we're seeing, Steve, is just a totally outclassed football team that just doesn't even look prepared. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Right, right. Well, you could so, sell I mean, your alumni, it, hey, it, we, we didn't lose by that much this week. We're, doing, <laughs> we're getting better. We didn't get killed. Right. Well, that was, I mean, that's, yeah, that would have been, it's hard to make that narrative now after losing by 70 points to Kansas <laughs> Buffalo. And, you know, right. his thing is that there are a lot of young players on the field. I get that as well. But you look around college football, this is not, I mean, this is not, you know, 19, 
'87 mm-hmm. when everybody redshirted and you know you had a, you had all these walk-ons in your program and you, you could right. develop players and they play when they were juniors. Young players play everywhere. You know, right. I mean, this was like you know I can point I can point around the country at like 15 freshman stars in college football. So even that's not an excuse. It's just it, it's a difficult situation for that. Well, Steve, always a thrill to have you on. Thanks for taking some time with us. Maybe next time we can talk about the Giants. <laughs> hey, hey, they're going to win. They're, they're one and two. I don't know about this week, but that, that's a start for them. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a positive. At least they're turning things around. Let's see if Rutgers can actually do it. All right, take care, exactly. Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. It, Look Thanks forward for to me. seeing you in the paper. And that's Steve Politti from New Jersey Advanced Media. Always great to have Steve on. Great guy. Oh, he's terrific. He lets you know how he really feels. He certainly does. His columns are, I think, are you know, he he goes at it. I mean, look, he's not always right. Uh, He was, you know, he was excited as I was, and a lot of people were about Rucker's season, and it's just gone off the rails, man. Listen, uh, I think everybody would want to be writing glowing articles. We want the team to succeed. It's just Mm. at this point, you can't Mm. you can't sugarcoat what we're seeing on the field, and it's just. It's not that good, and the future, I mean, looking forward down the road, the Big Ten schedule is about to ramp up. Well, look, John, I'm a season Scary. ticket holder. I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder, and I'm going to continue to be, man, because for me it's about going out to the games, go seeing friends. They're in the Big Ten. I'm excited about that. I you know, I opened this, this show with that, and I still remain excited about that. But, I mean, we're going into this, this week wondering, like, how can we even be competitive with Indiana? I mean, it's a tough one. Mm. And I and I don't I don't have an answer. I don't think Steve had an answer. No one has an answer. I mean, how how are we going to be competitive? How's Rutgers going to be competitive with Indiana? It's it's uh and look, it's it's up to 17 points. I mean, so Vegas is is <laughs> bailed on them, and it's uh it's not looking good. I the mean, the answer you yeah. know what the answer might be? Yeah, they're not. No, I mean, it's, this is a lost Sadly, season. And I mean, the we'll answer see. just might be that they're yeah. not. Well, and I know as an alum, know, it's got to have be a shot in the you. fourth quarter. Have a shot in the second half. Forget about the fourth quarter. Have a shot in the second half at actually making it a game. I mean, that's that's all that. I, and, and and I don't want to leave in the at halftime. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you, I left at halftime the Buffalo game. The yeah. left. I mean, come on, it was a blowout. I mean, I mm-hmm. went to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what I did. So happy to have Steve Politi from NJ Advanced Media joining us on the RU Review. It's brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. Steve Titchener here with John McAlevey in our Westfield, New Jersey studios. This is on moresportsnow.com. So check out our site, a really neat site that covers both sides of the Hudson, all your teams in New Jersey and New York. So check that out. Come find us. We're the best kept secret in Jersey. (laughs) And we'll be back next week with more RU Review. Bye-bye.